Hi, this is Bukola Adisa with Career Masterclass. And if you want to improve your communication skills, you need to be listening to the Art of Communication podcast with Greg Rice. Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life. So let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. What is up, guys? Today, I am talking with Bukola Adisa. Bukola is the founder and leader of Career Masterclass. And at Career Masterclass, they enable the career growth of ambitious professionals by providing them with the practical tools they need to attain great heights in their career. And overall, what they provide is online and in-person masterclasses around specific skill sets where they have found gaps to help folks overcome those to advance within their career. So really, really powerful stuff. Um, And we talked about why she felt the need to build Career Masterclass, where she saw there um, being a need in the space and and what motivated her to move in that direction. (laughs) We also got pretty deep on the importance of foundational communication skills in building your personal brand in the context of your career. And we talked about the power of your network and how there's really a hidden um, job search, right? When you're applying for things online, there's a whole hidden network behind that based on um, the network that individuals have, right? They're talking to people they know to find the folks to fill that role. And you don't always get a good look if you're not part of that network. Um, And we talked about how to start building that network and maintaining it if you don't have one today. So what I really love about her approach is how they designed the curriculum, right? They got in a room with a bunch of really successful business leaders and mapped out where their gaps today, where did they struggle, where do they see people struggling? And that's how they built the curriculum. And they have a really big emphasis on storytelling, which I also love. So really great advice in this episode if you're looking to build your strategy to advance your career. So, Bacola, welcome to the Art of Communication. Uh, really excited to have you on today. Great. Thank you for having me, Greg. I'm really excited to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, as am I. Uh, I. I think we'll get into a lot of really valuable stuff around how folks can better prepare themselves to be successful for their careers through improving their communication skills, but then also how employers can also improve what they're doing from a communication perspective. But I'd love to just start out by telling, by having you tell us a little bit about what the Career Masterclass is, kind of how the idea came about, and we'll yeah. kind of take it from there. Great. Thank you, Greg. And th- thanks again for having me. And, and uh, um, I'm really, really excited to be here. So Career Masterclass is an organization I started in 2015. And I started Career Masterclass at the point where I was progressing in my career and I looked around me and there were very few people um, of a minority ethnic descent. So very few black people or Asians and certainly not enough women in positions of um, seniority um, around me. I was often the only person, you know, of, you know, black woman in the room, sometimes the only woman in the room. And I thought I needed to do something about this. I've always thought um, if you're in a position of power, you have a responsibility to other people and to help people come along the journey and to show people the way. So I started it with my friends at the time as a way of giving back to the Black and Asian and ethnic minority community who I saw were underrepresented in corporate UK, where I worked at the time. And 
it just grew. And what we thought this, this ethos beyond, behind Career Master Class was very, very simple. It was we would teach the practical tips that people need to progress in their careers by experts. So these were not going to be master classes that were developed delivered by corporate trainers who are sort of corporate, um, maybe HR or learning and development specialists. But these are people that have walked the walk and are talking the talk. And they would be able to come um, to a safe place and be able to teach practical things that people need to know that can progress their careers. Because we know that a lot of times we go to school, we come out of university and we are told, keep your head down, work hard and magic will happen. What we do not realize is that working hard and being technically competent, while those things are really important, they don't count for, they don't account for hundred percent of what goes into making it is building a successful career. There were other things that were factored in that people weren't being taught. So we wanted to fill that gap and teach people mainly from a place of helping the community. And it grew and grew and um, grew very organically. And over time, people started to recognize us as the authority on career management and career development. And we started to partner with organizations and brands and that is how we, we grew to where we are now, where uh, we now have an online learning platform. We have um, the annual stretch conference, which is one of the biggest career development conferences in the UK. And this year we're scaling it globally by, by virtual of having to go virtual. We are we're hoping to reach a global audience. And we are just known as being those people that are the authorities and the go-to experts on anything career development related because we are, we're, we're a company field of individuals and senior people and we have a network of experts that have careers and they understand the challenges and have walked the work. So that's what makes Career Masterclass really special. Yeah, for sure. So you've moved beyond just working with minorities and, and now you work with anybody, right, who's looking to advance their career. Yes. While our community is still very much filled with minorities, because that is where we've started as our roots. And um, because obviously myself being a black woman, people just naturally gravitate towards our community for that sort of sense of safety. But we work with anybody. We mainly attract people that are ambitious, aspirational, and, and want to build successful careers. And also we partner with organizations who then provide our courses and our masterclasses and our content to everybody within the organization. So yes, we've moved beyond um, the minorities, but we, you know, that would always have a special place in my heart because of my background and my affinity for the community. But we mainly attract aspirational, ambitious, and go-getter individuals who want to take control of their own careers. Yeah. Now, there's so many things you could teach in this realm. I'm curious of how you narrowed down to the specific areas that you targeted with the different masterclass modules. Yeah, so you're right. There are so many things we could teach. Um, But what's happened is we also work with learning experts. We work, you know, within our team, we have learning experts, heads of HR from companies like Google, Amazon, um, some of the top banks. And what we've done is we all sat down. It It was a very simple but very powerful and very effective exercise where we sat down and we all sort of reversed engineered our journeys. We all reversed engineered our our journeys, our successes, our challenges, our failures. Mm. And we then pinpointed and came up with a curriculum as to what were those things that were the game changers? What were those things that moved the dial? What were those things that when we realized and we understood and we applied resulted in a lot of aha moments and brought the progress So that's how we develop the curriculum because we now know that there are some things that are critical and they're critical pillars to career success and there are things that are critical to career management. So we are not 
a Udemy um, where you can go and learn how to be, um, you know, a, a, a good marketer or a good accountant or, a good, or, or improve your IT skills. We don't, we don't sort of look after technical skills. What we look at are the other softer skills. Those things that are not taught in, you know, any, any school anywhere. The code within the code within the organizations that nobody really tells you exists. So those are the kind of things we try to demystify because our number one our mission is to democratize career progression. We want that to be mainly available to anybody, any, everybody. We want everyone to understand what it takes to grow their careers. And if they're given a fair chance, then they should be allowed to take that shot. I always say we are, we are not ever going to achieve equality of outcomes, but we should aim for equality of opportunities. And this is my opportunity. And this is a way in which I can contribute to that mission by demystifying and democratizing career growth and progression. I think that's an incredible way to go about developing the curriculum. I'm curious if you found that your curriculum therefore looks a little different than a lot of other folks out there who are providing similar services. Yeah, it is very different. And when we asked, because we, are, we, we, we recently took on a project where we polled members of our community, it was a user experience feedback project. And we, we hired an expert to do that for us because we are in the process of not, not really pivoting, we are optimizing our platform mm-hmm. and we're about to enter a period of growth and scale. So we wanted to build what people wanted because we didn't want to design in a vacuum because mm-hmm. there are things that I like, but I'm at a different stage in my career and not one size fits all when it comes to career management. And that is another ethos that we have. We want to develop as much as possible a personalized and a curated experience for our users. So we engaged this UX specialist. The feedback was actually really, um, it was was eye-opening. What a lot of people said, um, you know, they were using words like practical. It's very practical. So this is not something that they've seen anywhere else because it's very practical um, you are ha- you have people who have walked the walk, people have that walked the journey, that failed, and they'll come and share their failures as well. Because you not only learn from success, people's successes, you learn from people's failures. So they talk about they use words like practical, they use words like clarity. That they come onto this platform, they come in contact with us, and they gain a lot of clarity about what next to do. They use words like community. Because we also have a community, a thriving community of people that help each other. So, you know, someone can say, I'm, I'm recruiting in my organization or um, you're going for an interview. This is what helped me. So people share resources. So it's very, there's a peer-to-peer learning. And that's something you don't get on this other platform. So you have, you know, you have your, you know, your Udemy's, your Udacity's and your Coursera's. And those are wonderful, wonderful platforms. Um, and they've done, they've done a lot in moving the world of online learning forward. But what you don't have is this practicality from people who have walked the walk that have invested in teaching other people from a giving back perspective, as well as being supported by a thriving community of people that help each other get ahead. So we have this whole ecosystem that is built on trust and a sense of community, which is really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Does that ecosystem also help connect folks to roles, right? So connect folks to opportunities once they become part of that ecosystem. Yeah, so once you become part of our ecosystem, now we are getting to a place that people are, organizations are approaching us, um, partly as a result of Black Lives Matter, but partly as a result of, you know, our profile. So the people who run, some of the founders, we have a strong profile in the in the corporate world and people know about this community that we have. And people say, you know, um, we, I have this role. Can you help me feel it? Can you um, ask people within your community? And I guess the reason why they trust us is they know that we are actively developing the members within our community. 
So we're not just a recruitment firm. You know, we are we, we're not a recruitment agency, but we are an, we are a community that that's de- actively developing its members. Every month there's a free masterclass. Next Tuesday we're going to have a masterclass about um, virtual visibility, how to remain visible in the virtual world of work. That is free, and we already have almost 500 people signed up. So these are people we are actively training, and they were training them to be better employees. They don't work for me. They work in different organizations, and so organizations are starting to see the value in tapping our community for talent because these are talents that are being developed and these are people that have willingly signed up to something so that means they're setting it they have a certain mindset they have a growth mindset they they want to learn they're interested in getting better and that is talent the the employee wants working within their business that they want to um, invest in so there's a benefit to the organization that's partnering with us in that they get an outstanding, talented employee that already has that growth mindset and will do anything to, to succeed. And there's a benefit to the, ta- um, the talent and the member of our community in that they get first dibs on the role. So recently we helped a bank fill um, their mandate for a head of marketing. Um, that wasn't advertised anywhere. They, they, they came to us and we're advertising within our community. So we're seeing that part of our business starts to grow now where companies are reaching out to us to say, um, we have these rules. Can you help us fill it? Because we trust the mm-hmm. quality of talent that is within your community. And that, that's, a, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's, that's really, really powerful, I think. Now, let's talk a little bit about the classes themselves, and but let's start with kind of the way that you teach. I know that storytelling is something that's really important to you. So I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about that because storytelling is a really important communication skill in general, but also really powerful from a teaching perspective. Yes. So we did a bit of research on the way people like to learn. And we did a bit of research on how people absorb and most importantly, retain information. And what we found, and this is widely out there, so this is not some research that's sort of, you know, common to or exclusive to us. What we find is, number one, people like to, people love bite-sized learning, right? We live in a day, in a day and an age where we all think in, you know, 280 characters, Twitter's, you know, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter character, and then, you know, we really can't absorb much more than that. So people want micro bite-sized learning, but more importantly, people also want practical learning. A lot of the, the, while theoretical and abstract and conceptual learning has its place, um, especially within formal education, but what we are providing is not formal education, it's lived experience, it's experiential learning. And if you are going to teach experiential learning, you have to make it really practical. So what we found very early on is that our members respond to stories. They respond to practical case studies. They respond to... You know, you teach a tip and you say, for example, this is, I remember when I was in this meeting, you know, you teach a tip about the art of negotiation. And you say, for example, when I was negotiating for this role, that reinforces it and it sticks. People will forget your five tips and seven tips. I, I've been doing this a long time and I, and I know, right? I know that people will forget your five tips, they'll forget your seven tips. What they wouldn't forget is the story and the lessons that that story has exemplified or that that story has reinforced. And that is why we speak to all of our instructors and our network of instructors that work with us. And what we say to them, make it practical, make it, don't just make it theoretical, share your stories, share your case studies, share the stories of someone you know, or or your story that would reinforce it with people. So that's why we incorporate storytelling within our masterclasses and also within every session that we run at our um, annual stretch conference. It's, it's a very, very powerful tool. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Is there any keys to telling a really good story? I think the keys to telling a really good story, in my mind and in my experience, is 
don't force it. I think, you know, there, there's a there's a word as you know, way overused and now it's done to a bit of cliche, which is authenticity. I think, you know, for you to be, for you to tell a real good story, it has to come from a good place. Like it has to come from a really authentic place and just connect, you know, to, to, to the audience and don't think about, you know, it has to be really good or it has to be funny or whatever. Just tell it from the heart. I have been very open and vulnerable on a lot of my classes and when I talk, even when I talk, um, because I, I, I do a lot of speaking as well. I've shared, you know, stories of, you know, challenges of difficult challenges. These are not funny, um, humor, humorous stories. These are stories of very, you know, very real challenges that I've been through in my life. And I've shared it from the heart because I'm sharing it because I do want people to learn and to be inspired by my story. So I think when you're telling the story, just say from the heart and and just connect a connection point within the audience because a lot of our experiences are more similar than we realize, right? There's, there's nothing that you're going through that's sort of exclusive to you. That we, we all share experiences. That's one of the um, advantages of living in a global world. We all share, you know, similar experiences in the context and the nuance and the cultural context might, might differ, but the premise of our existence and the premise of our experiences are usually quite similar. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more with that. I think we get a little hung up on worrying about is this story perfect? Does it hit all the points? Right, that's not what it's about. It's about just I think communicating the lesson of the story relative to whatever it is that you're trying to teach. So let's talk Absolutely. a little. Absolutely, I agree. Let's talk a little bit about some of the specific classes and one that obviously jumped out at me, given the topic of the art of communication, is the confidence <laughs> in work communication class. So I'd love for you to tell me a little bit about that and kind of what you're focused on teaching as part of that class. Yeah, so the um, that class um, is confident work conversations, and um, and we we designed that class because. Again, a lot of it, a lot of the design that you know, that we come up with in terms of when we design um, our master classes is usually from experience. So I go to far too many meetings that that you know that I really should be going to. I go to a lot of meetings, lots and lots of meetings as a virtual missionary at work, and I sit in meetings and I just watch how people communicate, how they present, and how you know how they engage at work, and then you start to really get a sense for who does it really well and who doesn't do it well. And ideally it really shouldn't matter, but in the the workplace, perception is everything. Perception is reality. Mm -hmm. When people have a perception of you, that tends to stay. So it then becomes really important that you're able to communicate and present very, very confidently at work. Otherwise it can have a detrimental effect on your progression. In the book, um, The Confidence Code by um, Katy Kay and Claire Shipman, they talked about confidence correlates more closely to success than competence. Mm-hmm. Now, you would think that's unfair, right? Like if you're competent, then, you know, that should correlate more, it should have more of an impact on career success. But because people are, human beings are superficial. And so confidence and the outward showing of an expression of confidence becomes really important in the workplace. So that's why, because I was seeing that detrimental effect on people who I know are like really competent, really technical, really good, but I've not honed their communication skills as a result, they get held back. So that's why we designed the, the course. We designed the masterclass. And the premise of that masterclass is it teaches you how to communicate and the effect of words. You know, we talk about things like verbal and nonverbal cues, 
how you how you even you know sit in a meeting, how you show up, how you present, um, things like holding eye um, eye contact, um, things like not you know not not being not being so not using some words, and we we got really really practical and looked at it in, in a few scenarios. Uh, we looked at the scenarios of you know in a meeting how you present when talking to senior people, how you talk to them when holding a meeting, how you talk to how you talk to people, and even when negotiating whether you're negotiating um, money compensation pay or you're negotiating um, your performance ratings how you go about all that it's all about being a skilled and a skillful negotiator and th- th- those things and it's skilled as um, skillful um, communicator excuse me so those things are really really important and that's all of those ingredients that we designed into um into the master class and it's actually one of our most popular master classes but first have you ever thought about doing your own podcast i'll tell you if you're a business owner you absolutely should be There's no better way to get your name out there, to grow your network, and really develop a relationship with your customers. I can tell you in the short time that I've been doing this podcast, I've already had conversations with top global influencers, Fortune 500 CEOs, and a host of other really cool people that I otherwise would not have had the opportunity to connect with. But you might be thinking, hey, it might be really hard to do a podcast. I don't know where to start, or I just don't have time. But I'll tell you, if you work with my friends at World Class Media, they make it super easy. That's who I worked with. With their Done For You podcast, literally, all I have to do is just record the episode and they do everything else from end to end, including all editing and production, development of my intro and outro and music, my artwork and website, development of my show notes, and submission of my show to all the major podcasting mediums. They even created my social media cards. And they offer me coaching along the way as well to help me to become a world-class podcaster right out of the gate. So if you've ever considered starting a podcast, you owe it to yourself to talk to world-class media because I tell you it's a lot easier than you think. So just go to gregjrice.com backslash done for you to learn more about the Done For You podcast service and to set up a free consultation. All right, let's hop into the show. Yeah, I'm not, not surprised. I, uh, I also think all that feeds into another one of the classes, right, around personal brand and building your personal brand. So talk about the importance of doing that in the context of uh, your overall career. Yeah, so personal brand is, um, it is very important. It is, when you look at the critical success factors in the workplace, especially when you look at things that are not overt, things that you can't really judge and measure, your personal brand becomes really important. And it goes back to the point I made earlier around in the workplace, perception is reality. There are people that perceive, perceive a certain way and you just that label just ticks and you never have an opportunity to go to them and say, actually, that's not what I mean or this is not who I am. And um, the perception just carries. And that's why the, the having a personal brand and being intentional about building your personal brand is very important because at the end of the day, your personal brand is not only who you are, it's also how you communicate who you are. It's about how you show up every day. It's about what, what comes to mind when people think about you. There are people, you know, I've sat in meetings at work where someone's name was mentioned and they, just, they just say, oh, he's, um, he's lazy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where's the empirical evidence to support that he's lazy? And no one, when you drill down, no one can really give you an, uh, can really give you an example it's just a perception around, oh, he's lazy or she's confrontational. Okay. What are the, what's the evidence that supports the fact that she's confrontational? Again, no hard evidence. It's just, oh, that's what people say. So that's why we need to be really careful about the way we show up at work 
especially as you get more senior, that that perception in the workplace does not then become your reality. So and personal brand, you know, can be good. It can be a good thing. There are some people that, you know, people call, you know, they'll talk about them. They're like, oh, he's a good guy. Okay, what does that mean that he's a good guy? What makes him good? Oh, he's just a good guy. He's just a good guy. Maybe mm-hmm. he's friendly. Maybe he's, um, he knows how to play the game. He knows how to navigate. But people just say he's a good guy. And if he's a good guy, that means, you know, you don't, bad things don't happen to the good guy. That means it will keep progressing and that is the mm-hmm. that is the ripple effect of what happens about bigger personal brandies because if you have the perception of being a good guy then when your name comes up in um in calibration sessions where people are talking about who gets promoted or who gets the pay then nobody's going to do bad stuff to the good guy because he's a good guy now he may be the most crap at his job but he's a good guy so because he has that personal brand of a good guy it gets ahead so that's why uh, we need to be very mindful and pay a lot of attention to the way our brand represents us in the office because our brand actually precedes us. There are people that you will never meet, but already have an, a perception of you. So that's why it's really important that those are the kind of things we teach in the, in the masterclass. Yeah. I think that that's really interesting and powerful. You know, we make decisions about other people emotionally, not necessarily based on their competence. Um, and, and I think from uh, you know, the worker's perspective, we don't do a whole lot of time thinking about our broader personal brand. You know, like, hey, I did that job well that I was due yesterday, but I feel good about it now, right? It's not about the broader view of what people are thinking about you. So it's, it's really powerful. Yeah. 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 We we do need to do more thinking about that. And also related exactly. to that, uh, kind of the topics of networking and mentors and, and building, you know, your own, I guess, power base, if you will. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that. All right. I could talk about this one all day. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell by your response. Are you like, all right, let's get into it. So we have people who are great, like they do great work. They are amazing. They are, you know, phenomenal. They just do great work, but they have no one, you know, advocating for them. They've not, they've not taken out the time to build a network. It is, it's again, this is another cliche when people say your network is your net worth, but it's so true because, and you can look at it across everything from, you um, academia to politics to the corporate workplace, even to the PTA, you know, the parent teacher association to the school gates. Power plays exist in networks and people get ahead or don't based on who or who isn't within their network. And it's not different at work. I have been so privy to so many um, conversations where people have gotten ahead at work, not just because, you know, they, they are, they are, they are great. And uh, you know, that people, but we know that being great at your job is just one half of the equation, even if, if that's, but because someone has taken an active interest in them and someone is invested in promoting them and in ensuring that they progress. And so I was reading a post recently on LinkedIn that was talking about the hidden job market because there are so many jobs, you know, that you, you is on the job board and then you apply and apply and apply and don't, I don't get anything. Because there's a hidden job market, which is all run based on referrals. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, someone is recruiting in, say, Targets, uh, for instance. And then I know someone, you know, you I work in Targets and I say, hey, I see you're recruiting for this role. My guy who is in Walmart, you know, is looking to come ahead, um, come around to, 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 move, to move out. Why don't you have a conversation with him? And then, you know, they have a conversation the whole world sort of revolves around, you know, reciprocity. You know, you, you, you're you good to me. I'll be good to you tomorrow. And if that guy is, you know, remotely good, he gets the job. 
there are 300 people on LinkedIn applying to that same job who are not going to get a look in because mm-hmm. it's the, the, the hidden job markets. And that is just one example of how your network benefits you. Another example is, you know, within the workplace where, you know, there are very limited resources, very limited opportunities within the workplace. There are, there are lots of people, but opportunities are limited. And so when you make the call as to who gets put on that high profile project, who gets put on that high potential, you know, program, who gets to have those opportunities where they're visible to senior colleagues and senior managers. It's all about, it's not all about your competence and who is the best at the job. It's also about who is advocating for you and who is recommending you and who is absolutely championing you. And so what I, what I say is, you know, you have two options. You can either rail against the system and say, this is not fair, but I always say to people, focus on what you can control. That's the way the world works. It works that way in politics. It works that way in, you know, everywhere else. Or you can actually focus on building very valuable relationships and building valuable networks, both internally and externally. So many people put so much capital and so much um, expend and invest so much capital and energy into building valuable internal networks, which is great. But what then happens is nothing is, you know, nothing is set in stone. Everything is quite fluid. Um, your network or your the kingpin who is championing you within the organization will leave the organization tomorrow. Then where does that leave you? So I always advise members of our community and people and younger people to build valuable networks, both internally and externally because the world is very fluid and you just want to always give yourself options. And also it makes you a better person. You, by, by building valuable networks, you, you expose your mind to different things. You expose your mind to different industries. It makes you a better learner and just a better person all around it. So absolutely a valuable thing, but how do we go about building a network when we don't have one today? So if you're starting from scratch, um, I would say the, the most, the easiest ones is, you know, normally I would say go for conferences and, and events, but now we are all sort of in lockdown situations where there are lots of um, events that are going on online. Um, recently, I attended a tech crunch. Um, tech crunch is an American um, sort of mm-hmm. startup media company, and they did an um, an early stage conference for um, uh, for founders. And I attended this two day conference, and I met so many interesting people. Now I have people I'm having calls with from the US, from um, Finland, and from India. So these are people I've not met in real life, but they already part of my network. And actually one of them, I've already asked him to speak at our events in October and he's agreed. That's how you build a network. You go for things and you put yourself out there. Um, that's not to say everybody you are, you asked to have a 15 minutes coffee will say yes, but some will say yes. And then you, t- you take it from there. So that's the first thing I would say um, from an external point of view, go for attend webinars, attend online, you know, virtual conferences and just connect with the people you find interesting. The second thing I would say is if you are internal and there's somebody you admire internally, it doesn't have to be a senior person. It could be a a colleague on the same grade as you, or it could be someone more junior. Invite them for, um, again, a virtual coffee. Um, and if you're back at work, invite them for a you know, physical, social dis- socially distanced coffee and just have a conversation and just say, I admire what you're doing and um, I would like us to connect and just talk like normal, talk like, a, like normal humans and find a connection point and keep that going. A lot of people are quite good and adept at collecting business cards, and but they are not as good as sustaining and nurturing mm-hmm. a network. So 
Not sharing a network is a long-term game. It's a long game because you might not share a network and not reap any immediate benefits from that network in year one, year two, or year three. It, would, it might take a while. But in nurturing and building and sustaining that network, you are investing into that relationship. And one day, you will cash out. You will cash in you know, um, that cheap. So that's another way internally, reach out to people you admire and ask for um, coffees. And also the other thing is LinkedIn. LinkedIn is such a powerful networking platform and um there are so many people there obviously um a lot of people don't like receiving cold emails or cold messages from people they do not know so if there are people you want to meet on linkedin um linkedin has a powerful feature where it shows who you are who you know that is connected to that person so if there's a mutual connection ask that person to refer you that's what i do all the time and it really works for me so i if i if for instance greg i want to meet you and i see that maybe you and i have funke in common i will say funke can you please introduce me to greg funke does an um, introduction and then you know greg and i get talking and then i'm part of greg's network and it's part of my network the last note of caution i will sound is don't always lead with what you can get there's something called give us game. Always lead with what you can give, what you can give to that person. Nothing is more off-putting than, you know, you connect with somebody and immediately they are making an ask because that is just very transactional. It's a transactional relationship. I would always um, advise that you spend time building, cultivating relationships, getting to know the person. And even before you ask for anything, offer something, offer to be a guest on their podcast, offer to write them a blog, offer to help them work on whatever it is they're working on. If they make any announcements on LinkedIn or whatever, just, you know, be there, like them, like a comments, be their cheerleader. And that way is then easier for you to make an ask further down the line. Yeah, all tremendous advice. And we're just kind of scratching the tip of the iceberg here. There's so many great programs as part of the broader masterclass that folks should definitely check out. So before we kind of talk about where they can find out more about the masterclass, I'd love to ask you a few questions I'd like to ask everybody who I have on the show. Yeah. The first one is just around the power of conversation. I, I, I kind of believe that one conversation can transform your life, right? Yeah. Um, so I always like to ask guests on the show if there's a conversation like that that they can point to that had a really meaningful impact on the direction that you ended up taking. Oh, I can, I can think of many, many conversations like that. I think, you know, when I look at my, when I look at my success, the success I've achieved, one, I'm a person of faith. So I would always attribute, you know, my success to, to God, because I do believe in, in God. I'm a person of faith. But secondly, I would att- att- attribute it to the power of openly discussing and having conversations, meaningful, deep conversations with people. I believe that I believe in leveraging the power of the crowd. I am very much in favor of democratizing stuff. I believe in leveraging the power of the crowd. So even when I have an idea in my head or I have, I'm faced with a decision, I like to talk it out with people. And when I think about even how I got into um, compliance and risk and governance, which is the area in which I work, it was as a result of a conversation with someone at the time. And I said to her, I said, well, what I'm doing right now, I do not enjoy it. And I feel like I could do more, but I don't know what more looks like. And then we then had a very good conversation about what do you like? What do you enjoy? And then she recommended, well, you have a law degree. I think you'll be quite good in compliance and compliance is an area that's coming up now. It was post the 20, um, 2008 global financial crisis regulators around the world were sort of tightening up their compliance controls. And she said, with well, your governance background and, um, and legal um, degree, I think this would be a great one for you to go for. 
And based on that one conversation, it set up a set up a series of actions and put a series of things in motion. And I eventually got working in compliance and became very, very senior in that area. And that's the power of just the one conversation. And like I said, I have so many, many more examples, but there've been so many times I've had conversations with people. And even when we talk, come to career masterclass last year, I was having a conversation with my friend and I said, well, I think this model of, car- of masterclasses we have, where we have live in-person physical events, I think we should transition. I think, you know, this sort of, we're limited in geography, we're limited in, you know, we can only be in England, we can only be in London, we can only be in this one company. Um, and then she said, well, that makes sense. Why don't we transition to a digital platform? Why don't we start recording the masterclasses and putting them on um, uh, online digitally? And that's the power of the one conversation as well. And that's one conversation made us pivot our business model well in advance of coronavirus um, pandemic happening. So I am... Um, you know, if anyone is, you know, anyone out for everyone out there listening, I would encourage people to have deep, meaningful, insightful conversations with people because change, a lot of change happens based on conversations. Yeah. That's and little, change. little did you know how important it would be to pivot, um, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did, we had no idea. We did not see this coming at all, but no, we, were, we were well positioned. Yeah, no, that, that's interesting. And I always, it always fascinates me to think about what if that conversation, like the one that directed you towards compliance didn't happen? You know, what, what other path would you've taken? It, it's just I know. really interesting to think about. So second question, as you look back at all that you've accomplished, if there's one communication skill that you could have had in more abundance that would have made it easier for you, what would that have been? Mm. I would say if, if looking back, if there was one thing I wish I did earlier in terms of my communication skill was to make the ask and make it clearly. Because I think when I was just, when I was coming up in my career, I was very much aware of don't mind your, mind your place, you know, stay in your box, dance around the issue. Don't be quite clear. Don't be direct. You don't want to be misconstrued as being aggressive. You don't want to be misconstrued as, you know, having been the angry black woman, you know, and all of those things sort of held me back. So if I were to give an advice, you know, to my younger self, or if there was something I wish I'd known earlier, it would have been, you know, learn to speak your mind and learn to make the ask and make it clearly, be very clear about what you mean. Don't leave any room for interpretation because in some, in certain situations where things are not clear, people would deliberately sort of muddy the waters. So that's, um, that's something I've learned. Absolutely. And I think even when you think you're being clear, the folks on the other end might not always agree with you. (laughs) You know, what's clear in your mind isn't necessarily clear in their mind. Exactly. Absolutely. That's, that's interesting. Okay. So last question, who's the best communicator that you know, either know of or know personally? And why do you say that about them? Oh, I love Michelle Obama. <laughs> I could, I could listen to her all day. She communicates with so much power, so much simplicity, so much grace and so much clarity. And I think she's just a powerhouse of other women. She, she draws you in with her communication. It's not aggressive. Is not is not overly effusive. Is just simple and straightforward and direct. And at the same time, she manages to communicate so much grace and empathy. It's you know she's um, she's perfect in in the way she communicates. I could listen to her like I said all day long. She is my like for me the gold standard in in communication. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. I've gotten <laughs> that answer before as well as Barack um, from a number of folks. Both great. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're par couple. 
<laughs> so where can folks learn more about the masterclass and where can they check you out and see what you're working on? Right. Um, so our website um, is where you can learn more about Career Masterclass, and that is www.careermasterclass.org. And yeah, you would hear um, learn about all the fantastic things we're working on. You have access to the masterclasses, have access to the community, as well as um, information on the conference that is coming up in October, which is called the Stretch Conference. And also for me, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, that's where I hang out the most, and it's Bukola Adisa. And um, yeah, and you can connect with me directly, um, either via the Career Masterclass website on LinkedIn, and I'll be happy to help or have a conversation. And as far as the geographic range of the Masterclass, I guess because it's virtual now, anybody can access it from anywhere. Anyone can access it. Is, uh, it is accessible globally. Um, and um, we, take the pay- we take payments from all major um, credit card or debit card providers. So yeah, and for, uh, we have people accessing from Canada, the US, parts of Africa, Australia. It's truly really a global product. Yeah, and extremely relevant anywhere, right? Relevant all around the world. Absolutely, it is. And, it and is. powerful. So that's that's tremendous. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. I think a lot of tremendous advice and thinking around how we can take better charge of our careers and uh, you know maybe live out our dreams a little bit more effectively by developing some of these foundational skill sets. So thank, thank you, you very much. Having, thank you so much for having me. I've had a great time. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com slash groups slash join the Communication Nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life. And that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.